BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie Murphy, and we are celebrating today. We are celebrating the fact that it is the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Technically, it was last week was like the exact day, June 7th, was the one-year date. But this is our celebratory episode. So we don't have a love-hate segment this week because I have a lot to tell you guys about the last year of my life. (laughs) And all of the things that I learned Hopefully there's some little little nuggets of helpful info. I whenever I give people advice or I like tell people what I've learned, I try to be realistic about like what is actually helpful because nothing is worse than when you're looking for some advice and somebody gives you something that's like okay, like for example, a piece of advice that I heard like 4 days ago, word for word it said being yourself is the most important thing you will ever do. Like, I don't find that particularly helpful. I don't even know really what that means. Like, I like a healthy dash of woo-woo, okay? I like things that are, you know, maybe a little bit more mystical, but I don't like things that are pointless. Like, I want some advice that's going to get me somewhere. So I made a list of everything. I think it's, how many How many did I do? I think I did 18, maybe 17. 17 things I learned in the last year, and I want to share them with you guys. So that's my intro to this. I can't think of anything else that I need to tell you guys. Oh, just to subscribe, rate, review, and post on social media. It's the it's the best for the podcast. And I really appreciate all of you guys who post. You know, I love when you guys post and like tell me what part you liked the most. I like, I like that feedback. I like that. So anyway, let's get into the 17 things I learned after one year of this podcast. Okay. Number one on my list. And you're just going to have to stick with me through this explanation because I know at first it sounds kind of weird. But the number one thing I learned is to make decisions on your own. Okay. That's not to say don't talk to the people in your life. But if you're like me, you really want everybody around you to be cool with your decisions. So when I started this process, I like when I started the Instagram of the bad broadcast, which was January of 2020, 
or maybe it was December. No, it was January. I made sure everything I said and everything I posted was signed off by everybody around me. If I wanted to try something new, if I wanted to talk about something specific, if I wanted to rework my logo, I was completely unable to decide for myself because I thought that somebody might disapprove out there. And it was like crushing me to think that I needed to please everybody in my life. And it wasn't just with the bad broadcast. It was with everything in my life. So like if I wanted to set a new goal, if I wanted to change my furniture, I was too reliant on everyone else to validate me and tell me that it was a good idea. And the hard truth is that I couldn't make everybody happy. I remember when I decided to drop out of college, I was, let's see, Matt and I were dating and we were like, I think we were leaning towards getting more serious and like getting engaged. And I decided to stop going to school. I didn't like it anymore. I didn't want to do it. And I got like 50-50 reviews. 50% of people told me it was the best idea ever. And 50% told me that it was going to be the biggest regret of my life. And I was so deeply insecure about every decision I made because I couldn't get everybody to tell me that it was a good idea. So the change didn't come with the bad broadcast when I started it, but it came much more gradually and it came with a lot of practice. So here's what I mean by make your decisions alone. When you have an idea, when you have a goal, when you have a choice to be made, you have to make sure that your approval on the matter is at 100%. And I like sometimes I have to just go sit in a room by myself and and think about it and put my phone down and not ask anybody their opinion. And I have to look at the decision to be made and make sure that I am going to be the one who's the most satisfied with it. Because then, you know, then you start making, if you don't, you start making decisions for other people. That's no good. It's no good. You're never going to be happy with a decision that was influenced by others. So That is what I mean by make decisions on your own. I've now finally realized that big career decisions or whatever it may be, if I can just separate myself, I I sometimes don't even like tell people what I'm considering. Like I, I used to call everybody and get everybody's input and get everybody's vote and then base my decision off of that. And maybe you don't do it in that extreme of a way, but maybe you just hesitate because you think somebody out there is going to disapprove of it. Yeah, I I sometimes just don't even tell people if I'm in the middle of a decision to be made. I mean, I usually will tell Matt, but even then, sometimes I just have to make the decision on my own. And let me tell you, when my approval rate of my decisions has been at 100%, I've never been disappointed by what I decided, ever. But I can't say that for the times that I did not approve of my decisions, but other people did. So make decisions on your own is number one. All right, next up. The next thing that I learned, save some room for the and, okay? And in quotation marks, A-N-D. So this life lesson is brought to you by the cinematic masterpiece, Pixar's Inside Out. So remember how Riley, the main kid in Inside Out, when she's little, her memories are like getting pumped out of that little machine and all of the memories are coming out one color. They're either like happy or they're sad or they're angry. Like every experience has one emotion tied to it. But at the end of the movie, we see her character development, right? And her memories start to come out multicolored. Some of them are happy and sad. Some of them are sad and angry. Some of them are happy and angry. And honestly, thank heavens for Disney because I feel like it helped me work through more than like my first two therapists. So saving room for the and means it's okay if things are 
too emotions. Actually, let me let me rephrase that. It's okay if things are too opposing emotions. Experiences can be hard and happy, frustrating and satisfying. I think that the most common thing that this is used for is motherhood. I mean, I I have a cat, but I hear it's different to raise a human child. I feel like people use this when they talk about motherhood. It can be the worst and the best. At the same time, it doesn't have to switch back and forth. It doesn't have to be good one day and bad the next day. It can be really good and really hard at the exact same time. So at this point in life, I can confidently say that I have I have my dream job. This is my dream job. It's also the hardest job I've ever had. And it's the most rewarding. And it takes the most out of me. And I used to think that it couldn't be that way. If I thought that something was rewarding, if I let myself feel frustrated or stuck or sad, it meant that I wasn't grateful for the good part. Therefore, I didn't deserve it. So making some room for both and not getting my undies in a wad over having bad days has been amazing. However, this is very easy to say about things that have happened in the past. It's easy to look at like a breakup and be like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. But it's really impossible when you're in the middle of it to be like, this is so great. As Virginia Woolf once said, I can only note that the past is beautiful because one never realizes an emotion at the time. It expands later. And thus we don't have complete emotions about the present, only about the past. Yes, I quote Virginia Woolf in my podcast, because I'm better than everybody. Okay. But here's what I think about the whole thing of like, it's hard to do it in the moment. We have proof that things turn out okay. Everything that you've been worried about, everything that you've been nervous about in your past has turned out fine. So when you're in the middle of something that seems really hard and really frustrating, just know that you've been through really hard and frustrating things before. And now you're looking back at them and you're like either grateful for them or they helped you in some way, they made you grow, whatever it may be. So you can rest assured that that's probably going to happen again. All right. Next up. Next thing I learned. Number three, you need to shower more. I'm talking to you. You need to shower more. You need to spend some quality time with your thoughts, washing your bod. You need to do it. Okay. You need to really romanticize your shower time. You need to buy fancy body wash. You need to do a hair mask. You need to really take care of yourself because you know what? Self-care, not optional. It's not optional. You need to shower more. You need to relax and you need to smell better. Number four, if you're going to laugh about it later, you might as well laugh about it now. Do I use humor as a coping mechanism? Yes. Does it also help me giggle when I'm in the middle of something that's pissing me off? Yes, it does. Little life annoyances, okay? Getting pulled over, flight delays, slow lady at the checkout. It's going to make a good story. You're going to laugh about it. You're going to find a way to giggle. So you might as well just start now. You might as well just not waste any time being pissed because you're going to find a way to make a joke out of it later. Number five, we all suck at making friends and we're all medicated, okay? A lot of us, according to my statistics, are between the ages of like 27 and 37, okay? If you're listening to this, you probably fall in that age range. If you aren't there, you either will be soon or you're not long after it and you remember what it was like. We all suck at making adult friends. Not only that, we are all medicated. We all are. Like, I really don't know anybody who's not in one way or another, Everybody's anxious. It makes everybody nervous. Everybody gets diarrhea when they have to go to a social event, right? I I mean, I'm hoping that I'm not alone on that. 
Anyway, we all see each other on Instagram and thinking, and like, we all think that that person's cool, but too cool for me and whatever. Everybody feels awkward about it. Okay. Nobody has any hobbies. We don't know how to get to know each other. The fact of the matter is we all like a cheese board and canceled plans and early 2000s rom-coms. Okay. We all suck at at making new friends. So when you reach out to somebody, when you want to get to know somebody, just know that they're going to be just as excited as you are because we all suck at this. We're all anxious and none of us want to be the person to reach out. I feel like I'm like starting the dating cycle over again. Like when I was in my early 20s, I was like really worried about meeting new guys and like getting to know them. And now I'm in my late 20s. It's just dating all over again. So anyway, everybody sucks at it. You don't need to feel weird about having a hard time making adult friends. It's seriously, it's the it's the weirdest process and we're all getting used to it. So just if you see somebody cool, I know we've talked about this before, but it's just like messaging somebody and saying, hey, I like your... I like the vibes I am picking up from you. May I take you to lunch? And then you go on a little friend date. If it doesn't work out, you don't even have to break up with them. That's the best part. I also love a girl's night. I feel like that's like most of the time, that's how I meet new girls is like, I know one girl and then she knows another one and then everybody brings like one friend and then you all get to know each other. And yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's weird. And you you will probably spend the next like two days spiraling about how weird you were. Like I am currently, I went to two social events last night. And I'm pretty sure that I will not stop thinking about it until next Wednesday. But either way, it's okay that it's weird. We're all figuring it out. Every new friend that you make is excited to be making new friends just like you are. Okay. Number six, here's what I've learned. You're probably wrong about a lot of things and that's okay because nothing will free your mind like being completely comfortable being wrong. You know how much fun you're going to have when you're not worried about messing up, here's the thing, you are going to mess up, obviously. But to know that when you mess up, it's free of any shame or anger. Oh, oh my gosh. I love when people change my mind. Like I love when I'm wrong about something. I never want to be the person who looks at a situation and says, I understand this better than everyone. And the way I'm thinking about it is the correct way to proceed no questions asked. Because in my humble opinion, being stubborn is not a cool characteristic. Being determined, confident, tenacious, sure. But stubborn, I don't know, just like unwilling to see another side, no space for any growth. I just, I had to stop letting being wrong freak me out in everything, in my marriage, in my business, in my friendships. I kind of like it now. I genuinely like when people prove me wrong or change my mind about something because I never want to be a person who's like afraid to grow. You know, I never want to be the person who's like afraid to learn more or see things from a new perspective. I have said this before, but like I really value like having an open mind. And I just feel like when you are too scared of being wrong, you just shut yourself off to a lot. This goes hand in hand with the Dum Dum Club. You guys know the Dum Dum Club is like the deepest part of my heart because it's opened up this world where we are all wrong about so many things. And it's like, it's not a big deal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you thought things differently when you were 16 as you do when you're 35. It's fine. So did all of us. And I think that we've just, we've laced being wrong with shame and anger and embarrassment and all of that stuff. So when you just shed that, oh oh my gosh, the party gets 10 times funner. Let me tell you. All right. Number seven, don't pick a lane. Don't pick a lane. You can do it all. You can. Not only can you, but you should. Like, do you love cowboys and 
pedicures. You should start a Western themed salon, <gasps> a saloon that, okay. See, do you see it's, it's meant to be that way. You shouldn't pick a lane. You shouldn't just pick one. There's absolutely no reason why you should only do one thing. I look back on when I started the bad broadcast. Okay. It was January. And I was like, I'm only going to do IGTV and I'm going to like work on a YouTube channel. I'm never going to do a podcast. Like I told myself, I'm never going to do a podcast. And I also put myself in a lane, like I'm only going to talk about these topics. I'm not going to expand. I'm only going to do things that fit under this category. And not three months later, I was like, oh, I might want to switch. And I got really nervous, like how it would look to other people because we're all told to have our own brand and don't do anything outside of that brand. You want to stay consistent. But I just changed. I, I changed my mind. I said, hey, I'm going to start this podcast. And it was like the most amazing thing I ever did because I just felt like I was so much more free to do everything. And also, I think that people like seeing that. I think people like seeing brands change or just people change their mind and try new things. And it's just, it's crazy to think that the first thing that you ever try is going to be the number one thing you have to do for the rest of time. You just don't pick a lane. Don't. And I think that that was also my problem when I was in high school and in college is that I, it's almost like you get in major, like what's your major? You know, when you're in college, you're so obsessed about what your major is. And you think that you just have to have a a one track mind about the thing that you're passionate about. And on top of that, I felt like I had really obscure interests. Like I was like, I just like talking to people and I like making people laugh. And there's not really a job out there for me that can make me do that. So I guess I'll just do this thing or that thing and make it fit into what I like to do. And you guys know I'm I'm so in love with Amber Filler up right now, but she was talking about how when she was younger, she really liked to braid hair. Like that was what she liked to do. She never thought she'd be able to make a, a career out of it. And now she owns two really successful hair companies. She just expanded on it. No matter how specific it is, no matter how strange your interests may seem, you can do them all. And I don't mean that in like a fake motivational way. I just mean that there's room for you to do more than one thing. And I think that it's, I think that people like to see that. I think that businesses thrive when they don't pigeonhole themselves, when they don't make it about one thing. So don't pick a lane. Number seven, let's head into number eight. Number eight is nobody's looking at your outfit. Okay. I know. I know. This one feels upsetting because you look so cute and you thought about your outfit and you got ready and you look so nice. But what I mean by this is, well, it's not for the days that you're feeling yourself. Okay. It's not for the days you're feeling hot. It's for the days that you like took a risk with what pants you were wearing. You went to work and then you regretted everything 2.5 minutes later. I'm saying nobody's noticing. Nobody thinks you look weird. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's judging your outfit. Okay. I think about what my, my best friend Kylie said on, she did our, she did the body talk episode with me, which is like by far one of my most listened to episodes, but she was talking about how she wears what's comfortable because if she's obsessing about her outfit, she's not having fun at the event she's at. And I totally agree. And I feel like I, I don't know. I just used to, just used to squeeze my, my body into things I didn't feel good in, you know, like I just wore things because I thought they, were cool or whatever. But then I finally realized that nobody cared about what I was wearing. Not one person was thinking about it. But what people did think about was how I was acting or how I was making them feel. And man, when you are in a pair of pants with no zipper, no button, stretch waistband, you are going to be the funnest person at the party. And that is way cooler than being the best dressed person. So 
Number eight, nobody's looking at your outfit. All right, number nine, you aren't fat. No, really, you aren't. You just aren't. There's no getting around it. Stop thinking about it. Stop telling yourself that. You're just not fat, okay? It's number nine. Put it on your mirror. Tattoo it on your face. You're not fat. Number 10, drinking water really will make you feel better. Isn't that annoying? Isn't that the most annoying thing you've ever heard? I hate when health advice is real. That makes me so mad. But drinking water will actually help your body. Okay. It's, it's wild. I don't buy into health wise. Turns out this one's actually real. So get a fun cup, put some flavoring in it, squeeze a lemon. I don't know. Just drink your water. All right. Number 11, never feel guilty about a pleasure. All right. Guilty pleasure. Who is she? We don't know that. We don't know her. We don't know what that word means. I used to be so obsessed and put so much effort into having cool taste like quote unquote cool. I wanted everybody to know that like I watched and enjoyed like indie movies and I went to like underground band concerts, whatever. And that chick flicks and like mainstream things were just my, my, my guilty pleasure. No, they are just a pleasure. Okay. Chick flicks are a pleasure. Fast food is a pleasure. Taking four baths a day is a pleasure. Why do we even attach the word guilty to it? Okay. It's a pleasure to read tabloids. If it makes you happy, detach the guilt from it. You found a small window of happiness in a soul-crushing world. Amazing. Wonderful. Perfect. They're Nicholas Sparks movies. Amazing. Go for it. Never feel bad about it. Okay? I don't want to hear any of you say, what's your guilty pleasure ever again? Because if it's pleasurable, I'm done feeling bad about it. I feel like that could be applied to many, many, many things. But that is for another time and for when I have a therapist on. All right, number 12. Nobody is going to teach you to love yourself. Mm, You got to figure that one out on your own, babe. Okay. Listening to other people love themselves or how they got there, it's not going to make you love yourself. Okay. You got to, you got to work that through with yourself. You got to sit down and talk it through with you and only you. Yeah, you can obviously get ideas from other people, but it's just not going to happen through somebody else. And I think that's kind of the whole point is that you got to learn to love yourself. You just do. You have to repeat that you're cool and hot and fun and smart. You just have to do it because nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to teach you how to do it. And certainly nobody's going to come in and force you to do it. That's not going to work. All right. Number 13, nothing changes if nothing changes. I know this one's annoying because I think it's a Pinterest quote. I'm, I'm almost positive. But here's what I mean by that. I used to think that I would magically become my dream woman. That one day, Tuesday morning, I would wake up and my career and my home and my life would be perfectly sorted and laid out in front of me and I would just step right in. Yikes. Major bummer when I kept waking up and none of that was happening. Really annoying to realize that things didn't change unless I started participating in different activities. Podcasts didn't get made until I sat down in front of a microphone and recorded one. Ideas didn't get put into motion until I filmed or wrote something. Meeting people did not happen until I started reaching out, until I started agreeing to go to dinners, you know, all of that. Nothing changed until things changed. That seems so pointless. And I'm repeating it to myself, like, maybe should I take this out? But you guys know what I mean. You have to do something different for something different to happen. Because if you're like me, you're really hoping that just one day it works out. (laughs) I still have that. Like, oh yeah, one day that's just going to happen. It sucks when you realize that you actually have to do something. Okay. Number 14. 
on my list of things I learned. It's going to make you cringe, but you have to start anyway. Okay. This is what I had to tell myself when I started everything that I've done. Every, honestly, every podcast still to this day that I record, every video I make, everything I put out there, it's going to make me cringe. It's going to, and I'm going to second guess it and I'm going to feel embarrassed, but I got to do it anyway. Like I want to vomit thinking about the first time I filmed a video. Like I still suck at video content because it makes me want to cringe thinking about doing it. But listen, starting something new, whatever it may be, maybe it's a business, maybe it's something artistic. Maybe you just want to share some thoughts about something in a public way. It's going to feel embarrassing, but guess what? It isn't. It isn't. Nobody's thinking about it as hard as you are. Okay. It's not a dumb idea. And also maybe somebody will cringe. Maybe somebody will, will not like it. Who cares? Tyler from high school thinks your new business venture is lame. Cool. Who cares? Tyler's an assistant baseball coach who takes flag football seriously. We don't care. Even if you feel like it's going to be cringe, the people who need it, the people who want it, it's going to be helpful. It's going to be funny. It's going to be cool. It's not a lame idea. Start anyway, even if you feel like you're going to cringe at yourself. All right. Number 15 on my list. Now we're getting into the, we're getting into the goods. These are some of my favorite things that I've learned and the things that have helped me the very most. So number 15 is be a hype girl. Celebrate others' successes. Just be this person for people. When your friend has an idea, you celebrate. A major milestone, you tell her how wonderful she is. Jealousy is the most wasted emotion. It gets you nowhere. It serves literally no purpose except making things less fun. It's truly the biggest buzzkill. Like what does what does being jealous of somebody do? What tell tell me, give me one good reason to be jealous. Like you think that her being successful means you won't? Wrong. You're wrong. That's not going to happen. You know what does make you less successful? Being the petty friend who can't get excited for people around her. You're doing yourself a disservice. It's not affecting anybody but you. I just on top of that, I can't think of a worse feeling than getting excited to tell someone some great news. And having them respond in a way that is totally diminishing and uninterested. Like, listen, I'm trying to party. I'm trying to party for you, for me, for your ideas, for mine, for our ideas we may have collectively, for anyone's goals or job promotions or business ventures. Isn't that way more fun? It is. It really is so much more fun. And I'm just going to add a few in here, things that I've learned now that I'm talking about this. I was going to keep it to 17, but I think we might get to an to an even 20 because along with isn't that more fun, this next one I learned from Tinks. We all love Tinks. She's the internet's big sister. One of her life mottos and what, what I'm adopting and telling you guys, having fun is so fun, okay? Having fun should be the number one priority of pretty much any activity you do ever. Like it is the most fun to have fun. I know that sounds like my edible just hit and that's what I'm explaining to you guys. But listen, it just is fun when you can make things happier and easier and giggle a little bit. Having fun is so fun. Okay, next thing that I didn't really learn this this last year. I more learned this before before I started, but I feel like it needs to be said for all of my my single girls out there, the girls who are dating, the heartbroken girls, whatever you're in the middle of. If he wanted to, he would. This is a very important lesson to learn. And it's a hard one to learn. And it's, you know what? We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. But if he wanted to, he would. 
I have said this before. I will repeat it to you all until the day I die. If he wanted to, he would. Don't forget that. Don't sit around waiting for people to, you know, exceed your expectations or let things fall into place because if he wanted to, he would. And if he's not, then it's time to move forward. Okay. That's something that I wish I would have learned years and years and years ago. So now that I am able to tell you all that, internalize it. If he wanted to, he would. All right. The next thing on my list, I don't know what number we're on anymore, but who cares? This was the best party advice I've ever received, like social setting advice. I don't even remember who told it to me. It's it's not my own thought. It's something that was told to me. Honestly, maybe it was a quote on an inspirational Instagram. But to be interesting, be interested. And I have found this to be the quickest way to fall in love with people. Because if you're meeting somebody for the first time or you're at a party of some sort and you have no idea what to talk to someone about, talk about them. Ask about them. Where are they from? What brought them here? What's next for you? Do you love what you do? Tell me about your boyfriend. Tell me about your kids. The more that you can get people to talk about themselves, first of all, it just makes you love somebody. Like, you know, when you just get to know the inner workings of somebody's mind, there's no way that you will not fall in love with them. And the fact of the matter is that everybody likes to talk about themselves. So it will put the people around you at ease. You will have a conversation topic. It was the most useful advice for me when I was going to like my first events that I was getting invited. I was like, I don't know what to talk to these people about. I don't have anything in common with them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Spend the time getting to know people and learning about people. Everybody, like I said, likes to talk about themselves. Except me, obviously. If you couldn't tell. I'm joking about that, seeing as I just spent the last 12 months of my life talking solo into a microphone. Anyway, on top of that, when I have been on the receiving end of that, when I know that somebody is invested in what I'm saying, when they want to learn about me, they want to know about me, there's never any awkwardness. And it's also been the beginning of like the most lovely friendships and relationships that I've had with people are the ones where you're just genuinely excited to talk to them about what's going on in their life. You want to learn about them. And it's such a good party tactic. It's such a good party tactic. So whenever you are in that awkward situation, if you don't know what to say at some function, people will talk about themselves. And not not in like a selfish way. I don't think that it's weird that people like to talk about themselves, but it just helps. It helps so much when you're in that. Okay, the next thing. This is something that has served me through my my new career and before. Have the conversation. Have the conversation. I don't care if it's if it's awkward, if it's hard, especially if it's awkward and hard. Those are the conversations you have to have. Like Matt, oh, what does Matt call it? He always says we're, um, oh gosh, oh, machete. He always says we're like going to machete through the conversation. Like you just picture yourself in a really thick forest and you're like, we got to take out this machete and we got to whack our way through this because there's no other way out. So especially if it's going to be hard or if there's things that you're nervous to say, it obviously means there needs to be a conversation. I don't do well marinating on things. I don't want time to think about it. I don't want to take space. I don't want to avoid you. I want to get it head on. I want to get through it. Also, having you notice that like the strongest relationships in the world, whether it's friendships, business partnerships, whatever it is, it's because they talk things through. I don't know of any relationship that's built on avoidance. 
that they're like, you know what? We just have the best relationship because we just don't talk about anything. We just don't have hard conversations. So we don't even have to worry. That's never going to happen. The best relationships are built on having the damn conversation, (laughs) even if it sucks. Most of the time, it's going to suck. But I would so much rather go up to a friend and be like, hey, uh, are you mad at me? Tell me if you're mad at me. Let's have some honesty. Let's have some radical honesty. Let's get through it. Also, controlling your reactions when you have hard conversations. I feel in a lot of ways that like these little tips and tricks or whatever that I've learned are often intertwined with each other because having the conversation, a lot of the times you're going to have to be okay with being wrong and you're going to have to to deal with that. And so if you can do the work to be okay being wrong, those hard conversations are way easier to have. And I just feel like every relationship I've had has benefited from being honest and having those conversations. Did I say conversations about 75 million times? Probably. All right. The last thing I learned is what you guys taught me and what we all say, and that is to be safe, be kind, and be hot. And I'm going to take this time and I'm going to get, I'm going to get emotional. Am I going to cry into the microphone? I don't think I've cried yet on the show. Have I done a pre-show cry and a post-show cry? Absolutely, I have. I'm going to try and keep it together here. But this last year, the year of the podcast and the ways my life has changed, I didn't write any of this down, so it might be a little bit scatterbrained, but I did not expect the podcast to bring as much growth for myself as it did. And I feel selfish in a lot of ways that I have the podcast that I started it because it has changed my life. Like not only what I do day to day and my job, but it's like changed me at my very core. I think I'm a different person now than I was a year ago. And that's because you guys, every single person who listens to this has given me room to grow, to change my mind, to be wrong, to expand, to try new things. All of these things that I've learned I wouldn't have learned unless I had you guys that were giving me permission. And I hope that listening to me give you permission to do these things, you know, to make decisions on your own, to laugh about it now, to not pick a lane, to just start even if you're going to cringe. I just want to give that back to you guys. And I, I feel inadequate because I can't give it to everybody in the magnitude that you have given it to me, but I want to. And just if I learned anything in this last year, it was that I just needed to stand on my own my own two feet. And that is what I hope for everybody. It's like you just, I I meet you guys and I interact with you. And, and every day I meet another cool, funny, smart girl who is able to do incredible things. And I don't know if you've had anybody tell you to your face, just do it. You'd be really good at it. You might as well just try. I want to support you in what you're doing and just just go for it. Just the old adage, give it a go for it. That is not a correct sentence, but I want to say thank you for letting me do this and letting me grow and allowing the podcast to succeed in the way that it has. I don't know a whole lot about about anything. Oh, this is where this is where I cry. This is where I cry. Okay, hold it together. Hold it together. Uh, I don't know a lot, but I do know that my life is possible because you guys are here because you guys are listening. Let's just do this forever. All right. You guys stick around forever. I'll do this forever. Thanks for letting me share everything I've learned and I'll put them up on my Instagram. I want to talk to you guys and remember to subscribe, rate, review, 
Let me know what you think. Let me know what you've learned in the last year. Oh, that's actually a great idea. I'm going to put a question box up and I want you guys to tell me what you have learned in the last year of your life. And we'll do a whole collab about life lessons because we need them, you know, in between the bad in-laws and the bad roommates and the horrible dates, we need some life advice every now and again. I don't think I'm qualified to give it, but I'm going to give it nonetheless. So (laughs) thanks for being here. I will talk to you guys next week. Be safe, be kind, be hot. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.